Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful, well, normally beautiful, should I say, a city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Uh, Folks, love to have you uh, come and uh, join with us. If we'd love to have you uh, contribute to our our discussions, to our uh, questions, to our talking points. Uh, If you'd like to share with us, all you've got to do is to text us. You can text your thought in at 04888. 80811 04888811 just text that uh, to that number any thought that you like that'll come straight through to our desk here and then uh, uh, we'll be able to share your uh, your contribution now this week we're following the theme Elizabeth spiritual lessons from a contemporary queen and today we're looking at the uh, question is there an import what is the importance of spiritual foundations uh, you know to me this is one of the most significant aspects of uh, of all that's been going on the last little while so much has been said but uh, so little has actually been said about uh, about foundations now today our co-host is uh, Eric Hall and uh, Eric is a, Eric's a printer by trade. He, he worked as a literature evangelist, selling Christian literature most of his life. Uh, but currently, he ministers to the Adelaide uh, Indigenous Seventh Day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, well, thank you, Gary. It's good to be back, and we're back into the rain again. <laughs> I tell you what, can you believe it here in Adelaide? I mean, we had a couple of days. I thought it was spring. I went outside. I filled my uh, green garbage bin with, uh, uh, with green, green waste. Uh, I, uh, uh, my trees started to come out and started to flower and suddenly all the bulbs have closed up again and they've all gone <laughs> back into their shells. Oh, dear me. What a, what a way to, uh, what a way to go. What a place. Well, I was in the, um, I went in the city to, to Bay Fun Run with my son, uh, down Aaron, yep. and my grandson, um, Lucas, ran it for the first time, six Ks, and he's only eight. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, I wondered if he'd get right round, you know, because he ran with us, yes. and um, he he said he, they did a preparation of four Ks during the week, but that was only one run, and so... That was his preparation. That was his preparation. <laughs> so off we went, and um, it was raining in the morning, but by the time we ran, it was good, and so we headed off, and uh, yeah, he, he kept up, he didn't stop, and right near the line, he went past me. And uh, yeah, he did very well. He, he went past Granddad as though he was standing still. Can I ask so what your good. time was? Uh, it was thirty nine minutes and four seconds. Goodness me, six k's. He did it in thirty nine three seconds. <laughs> but Goodness it was good. me, you've done very well. No, it was good. I enjoy it. I used to run the twelve, but six is all I can manage now. And yep. I tell you what, there was one old fellow went past. Oh, I call him old fellow. I'm an old fellow, but he went past me, and he was kind of pretty stiff legged. I never saw him again, so he was good. But it raises a lot of money for charity too. That's yeah. that's yeah, the main, yeah, one yeah. of the main reasons yeah. for it. And it's a fun day. There's um, and they, you know, a lot of uh, people on the side there uh, encourage people with water and you know encouraging you when you get to the end yeah they give you some fruit and uh, and there's a lot of health 
exhibitions at the end. Yeah. So, Last yeah, time I right. did it, I thought it was a, a fantastic social day because you yeah, had all these bands, you know, yeah, playing right. down down Anzac Highway there, yeah. and uh, uh, no, it was a wonderful day. One, I when I did a, a year or two back, yeah. and I was actually looking forward, but I had another appointment on this uh, this last weekend. Mm. Uh, but I was really looking forward to actually going in it myself because I I, I do like uh, going in that uh, that particular race mm. uh, here at uh, here in Adelaide. Now, tell me, did you watch the funeral last night? I did, I did. I tell you what, the uh, the English do it so well, don't they? The timing and the pomp, and uh, they must have had everything absolutely planned down to the last minute. I mean, even those um, those pallbearers, the way they yeah. marched up and they did it in unison and back, and, yeah. and the navy that was uh, marching, behind, you know, pulling that um, carriage along with the coffin on it. Yeah, uh, it was so well done, and it was very uh, spiritual as well. I found that really interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in the uh, cathedral, but also the people lining up saying farewell. She certainly made a big impression over those 70 years uh, with all those people who really wanted to thank her and an appreciation of her service. Yeah, when you think of the number of uh, celebrities that we've got in our world today, mm. uh, you know, here we've got a, a person in their, in their 90s yeah. that the whole world has lined up for in a, in a fantastic gesture of, uh, of, um, of blessing and just adoration for all that you know she's actually been involved in you know when you think of the uh, the, the the trials some of the challenges that she's faced in her life you know certainly uh, most of us you know I mean coming through the the second world war uh, period and uh, I, I know some of the challenges of leadership uh, are, are, are challenges which many people don't actually fully recognize uh, what challenges and even if I had to play out, you know, family challenges through the media, mm. I think, Eric, I'd be saying, hey, look, you know, I'm giving up on this job. And I think also, too, the fact that she was, what, 95? Yeah. I mean, we retire, don't we, at 65 or 70? But here she was, and right at the end, even though obviously she wasn't well, with the new Prime Minister of England, yeah. right at the end there, the week, basically the week she died was absolutely amazing that she carried on. And, uh, and I think that, um, the funny article with, you know, near the end there that she mm. did online was really good. But I, I kind of found it, um, her faithfulness was a thing that struck me. And if you had watched the, uh, funeral last night and, particularly in the uh, cathedral, uh, the talk there of uh, Christ coming again, that we would see her again, yeah, I thought yeah. was really encouraging for the people there. Yeah, but you're yeah. right, um, they loved her, and it was a service, wasn't it? And the fact that you're right, that family was issues right through, but she held firm, yeah. and she didn't talk about that. Yeah, she yeah. kind of stayed away from that gossip, and I think that's what people liked about her and loved her for it. There's actually some powerful lessons for us today. In fact, I, yeah. our, for our World Watch segment today, I actually mm. pulled an article out of The Australian and really did appreciate. This was a fantastic article. And uh, it was actually talking about the countercultural Queen Elizabeth. And just tell me, just, uh, just a few excerpts from it uh, here, here, Eric. Within an hour of her death, Queen Elizabeth II was praised by commentators from left to right for representing so many traditional values – Reserve, self-containment, duty, responsibility, modesty of demeanour, graciousness, civility, uh, prudence, fortitude. What is most noticeable 
is that this instant outpouring of media praise for the Queen's traditional virtues comes amid a contemporary culture that elevates daily, even hourly, a value system of self-regard, self-promotion, changeability, acting out and anything goes behaviour that is the polar opposite of Queen Elizabeth's values. The celebration of the Queen's traditional values suggests an unexpected recognition of the extreme artificiality of our now dominant culture. To say that the Queen's values were traditional means they existed for a very long time. The poised 14-year-old Elizabeth we heard in news clips reading her first public speech to children during the blitz of World War II had by then been taught personal virtues held in high regard for centuries in the West. In uh, In our time, however, personal virtue has been demoted by social virtue. In the new ethos, a well-ordered life is measured by one's commitment to notions such as social justice, equity, inclusion, and undeniably the most dominant modern virtue, saving the planet. The uh, achievement of a good life appears to be... uh, depends on making a public commitment to large uh, and sometimes amorphous groups, minorities, transgender, indigenous and disadvantaged. This week's recollections of what the what made the Queen's life exceptional are an opportunity to compare the merits of virtue earned individually with virtue or approved behaviour constructed by society. One effect of giving social responsibility more weight than personal responsibility is that it gives people a pass on their personal behaviour. So long as one's life is centred on some larger social good, the conduct of one's personal life appears to be totally irrelevant. The price paid for losing interest in Queen Elizabeth's traditional values is an epidemic of emotional anxiety to the extent modern culture has any counterweight it is antidepressants and the legalization of recreational dope the queen's habits were a source of personal stability modern values are a source of instability The habits of behaviour associated with her are not about mere goodness, but about creating a structure of life inside of which one can perform successfully as a person, hopefully for the good. She did that for her country for more than 70 years. Do you know, when I read that article, I thought this is actually brilliant. I'm actually going to file this article because to me it said so much. It brought so much uh, together. You know, many of the traditional values that are listed here, the thing I, I would point out is that are actually biblical values. You know, we are part in our society of the Judeo-Christian uh, um, society. Uh, that has been the heritage of uh, our uh, civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know, 
Is it possible, Eric, you know, to talk about rights because rights today are front and centre, but is it possible to genuinely talk about rights with also, without also talking about responsibility? Uh, you know, I mean, I noticed a number of times lately that, um, uh, that this word duty has come up, you know. Mm. I mean, what does duty really, really mean? I mean, how do you respond to this article, uh, Eric? I yeah, mean, well, I think she um, stuck to her values. You know, yeah. she she didn't compromise. Yeah, and I think that came across uh, for all things. She was solid, if you'd like to put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, But you know, she said uh, in 2016 during her Christmas broadcast, the Queen said, "Billions of people now follow Christ's teachings and find in Him the guiding light for their lives." I am one of them because Christ's example helps me to see the value of doing small things with great love whoever does them and whatever they themselves believe and that's what she did even the small things she showed love and that's what I think the people saw didn't matter who they were she showed them the same respect Mm. You know, what interested me too, Pastor Gary, was that Arthur Maxwell apparently bought a set of the Bible story books and placed them in the library of the Queen for Charles and Anne. So they actually had the Christian books from our own church inside their library as well. Uh, And so, you know, she had that influence. That obviously was for the children as well. But, you know, as I say, she she stood for her values and she didn't compromise on those. She didn't get caught up in... um, in uh, outside gossip or anything, she stood uh, for what she believed in, and she was always there. She yeah. never, she was, she was never pulled away from her task in hand. She never backed away from what she had to do. Mm, mm. And I admire that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you make a very point there. Do you think though that you know? I mean, we've talked about. Duty is something that certainly has come up uh, numerous times in the media in recent times. You know, she's a lady who did her duty. Mm. Uh, now, look, you know, duty in our society is something that is increasingly downplayed. Um, do you think we've downplayed it too much? Yeah, I do. I think that um, well, the values of the world today are different to the values that Christ has for us to to give us a good life and a long life, and uh, to stay true to the to what you believe. And I think that um, with the Queen, she never moved away from what she believed, and her duty showed that. I think that was part of her life. Her duty and her Christianity in Christ, believing in God, was a thing that held her together for so long mm. and kept her. To the to the uh, to the front, and I think that her core values that were there, even though the world was shifting, and she's seen oh, seventy years in reign. Yes, yeah, 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 It was incredible. Yeah. All those things were changing, but she didn't. She held to what she believed and what the Bible taught her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the key thing. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, Eric. You know, I, mm. I love this uh, article. The title to mm. me is so significant: the countercultural. Queen Elizabeth and how true that is. But you know what a lot of people don't actually realize is that the Bible itself is actually countercultural. When she actually adopted uh, the scriptures, when she adopted Christianity, she was actually adopting a countercultural uh, form of living. And that is what I suggest. Uh, we've actually been called as Christians today. We've been called to be Countercultural, mm. uh, Eric. Yeah. Look, let's come to some some music. Uh, love, uh, I love this uh, this particular song, Faith First. Uh, where there is is faith. Uh, please enjoy Faith First. Where there is faith. I 
That is Faith First, where there is faith. What a beautiful, beautiful rendition that really is. Uh, folks, we have got a really positive book uh, for you uh, this uh, this week as our giveaway, uh, as our giveaway book. Uh, the book is entitled To Build a Life from Blueprint to Turnkey. We're looking at foundations today, and uh, this one is, is positive. Uh, Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans that I have to you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. What a fantastically positive uh, text of Scripture that really is. This verse in Jeremiah is one of the best known uh, verses in the entire Bible. We love the sound of the prosperity and an eternal future, yet we're often not fond of actually following God's plans. Uh, We're convinced that our own plans to pursue comfort and respect and influence are superior to everything that he's got in mind. Luke Henneman, who's the the author of this uh, this book, uh, was a Bible-believing Christian, but money and success Success uh, were actually his gods. He just didn't know it. Uh, when he finally realized that he didn't have the love, the joy, or the peace that the Holy Spirit offers, he wondered uh, what life would be like if he had uh, that which God had offered. Um, God's in the business. And uh, this book uh, actually shares uh, a lot of uh, Luke's uh, Luke's story. To Build a Life is uh, this uh, this particular book. It's a it's a positive book uh, and that is founded on Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope Love uh, this uh, this particular book. Now, guys, uh, look. If you'd like this uh, book, all you need to do is uh, uh, text us here. Our studio text number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. And all you need to do is to use the code SA seven three SA seventy three. No gap between the SA and the seventy three SA seventy three, and that will trigger our robot. And our robot will come back to you. He'll ask you just a few uh, a few questions, and uh, you respond to those questions, and uh, he'll work out the fastest way to be able to get uh, get this book to you. So SA seventy three, and that number again is oh four triple eight. 80811 and uh, look folks if you've also got any thoughts or comments about our program today uh, about the questions that we're responding to uh, about foundations uh, because that's what we're looking at today the foundations of Elizabeth's life and uh, uh, all you need to do is to uh, send in your uh, um, uh, your comment and we're happy to uh, happy to share that. Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and uh, currently uh, he pastors the uh, Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. Now this week, and I would like to say a really big uh, hello to all of our uh, Indigenous church members, because I know that we've actually got a number of Eric's uh, church members that do actually listen, uh, as well as a number through Central Australia. So uh, hello to uh, to you. It is wonderful to have you joining uh, joining with us. Uh, now this week we are following the theme, Elizabeth Spiritual Lessons from a Contemporary Queen and today we're looking at the importance of those spiritual foundations. So much has been said about the about about Queen Elizabeth's founder about her values, but today we want to look at those 
foundations that produce those values. Uh, this is just so key. Uh, this is so important to every Christian. Uh, do you know, if, uh, Eric, one of the things I'm really conscious of is that we actually live in the age of the quick fix. You know, I go to my, my doctor. Uh, I want medication. I don't want to do the lifestyle change that really could uh, resolve the issues that I'm facing. Uh, you know, I mean, I, my question to you is, uh, what does the life of Queen Elizabeth told you about the, the place and importance of enduring foundations? Well, I think the foundations, being an uh, ex-Britler, is very important. Um, yeah. Because I know that when we went to uh, to put bricks down on a slab of concrete uh, that is being properly prepared, uh, when, and there's a lot in doing that, uh, that if it's not right, uh, even if it's um, uh, not the right size and everything, you've got to run the blocks up outside the frame of a house. And then you've got to get your bricks behind the, the window frames as well. And if you don't, you've got a gap and it weakens the house and you've got to have the right amount of mortar, that you've got to have the, the correct consistency of it because the, if the mortar's too, uh, too much concrete in it, uh, too much mortar, it actually uh, has to be the weakest part in between the bricks. So if there's any movement, the crack will run up uh, the mortar and, and not go through the brick. But it's the shifting of the foundation that, that will bring a house down, basically. Mm. That's why in earthquakes, if in many countries, when you haven't got the right codes and place you will see more destruction more loss of life yeah. in countries that don't have a good building code and and queen elizabeth um you know had a wonderful i believe a foundation in the lord yeah and and the bible talks about how to get that foundation and, and that's what i'd like to look at yeah, tonight yeah uh, and there's actually two builders in the bible uh, that actually laid down foundations mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting it's found in a, in a couple of the gospels but it's found in Matthew chapter 7 but it's found also in Luke chapter 6 and that's what I'd like to look at tonight it's Luke chapter 6 and it's verses 46 uh, right through to around 49 and it says there um, but why do you call me Lord Lord and not do the things which I say whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them I will show you whom he is like he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock and when the flood arose the stream the stream uh, beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So here is two builders building here. Uh, but what interested me was the start of it. Why was this parable given? What is the importance of the foundation? And in verse 46 it tells us, it says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? And then he brings up, Christ brings up this this parable. And before that in Matthew, he was talking about loving your enemies, do not judge, uh, you know, um, get your life in order first. A tree, does no, a tree is known by its fruit. And then he moves on to saying, why do you call me Lord? Mm. You know, you're Christian people, you're supposed to be following me. Why, why are you calling me your Savior? Why are you calling me Lord? But you're actually not doing the things that I say. Mm. And that to me is the basis of this parable of what, uh, what he talks about, the foundation. So then he said, 
Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. There's three actions in this for a proper foundation. And the first action of coming to Jesus refers to coming to Jesus daily as one of his disciples. These uh, these followers would come and see him all the time. He's talking about coming daily. Because later on in Luke 9.23, he says that if anyone would come after him, that person must take up his cross daily and follow Jesus. So what I'm saying to today to the listeners and to me, do we come to Jesus every single day? Are we coming to him praying for guidance? Are we asking? Are we seeking to learn from him that day? For if we want to weather life storms, but you're not coming to Jesus for instruction and training every day, it's not going to be very long before your house will crumble. So it's saying to come every day. In other words, there's somebody here that is actually greater than ourselves. And, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about uh, about this particular concept is that, uh, you know, Christ is so much bigger and stronger than me. You know, there is, there is wisdom in the Word of God to teach me how to deal with, with so many of life's challenges. Do you know, Eric, one of the things I suppose I'm conscious of is, um, you know, I, throughout my ministry, I've had uh, opportunity to sit down with, uh, with many individuals and, uh, they'll share with me a, you know, a particular issue they might be facing now. But as you dig into it, what you discover is that the issue itself actually has got roots that go back many, many years. And it comes about as a result of the foundation that has actually been laid years earlier. Yep. And uh, uh, to me, as I, I look at this, I say, hey, you know, uh, what you know, the Gospels are saying here is so foundational. But what we're saying is that even in the life of Elizabeth, uh, in Queen Elizabeth's life, uh, you actually see foundations being laid uh, that gave um, a, a strength for future life. That's right. And it would have come through the family. This is a thing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it comes back through that. But what interests me, Pastor Gary, is that even we come, to, even though we come to the Lord and we hear his sayings, he, he actually talks about that, that the sex, second action is first coming to him. The second is hearing Jesus. Mm. But it says, Jesus goes on to say that this first man does more than just come to him. He also hears what Jesus is saying. And the Greek word for saying is logos, which actually means more than just hearing the words through our eardrum, it implies hearing with understanding, hearing with comprehension. So he's actually really listening. He's being guided by the Holy Spirit. He's taking in Jesus' words, whereas we can actually come to Jesus on a daily basis, but if we don't really listen to what he's saying, then it's lost on us, because you've got to remember that the second man heard the same words... Yet he didn't do what Jesus was telling them to do. And this is what Jesus is saying about building your foundation. Yeah, yeah. So important. And and this, when you're actually living in a society where many of the scriptural values, the scriptural foundations are actually being abandoned today, you've got to stay, hey, you know, what's the, what's actually going to happen to, if you like, the house that I'm actually building day by day. At some point, uh, Christ says, hey, the foundations are not going to be able to support what you've actually got on top of it. Well, that's why, you know, I believe that um, to develop good Bible study methods, uh, to really get into the Word of God, uh, but not only just doing that, have a, have a 
uh, piece of paper and a pen and write it down. If you were going to somebody's place, they were invited to go there and you'd never been there before, you'd get out a piece of paper and a pen and, and write down the instructions how to get there. And, and at our Bible group with the Aboriginal people, we found that, um, uh, that even though we've done a Bible study on a certain subject, we go back through it probably every year. We cover the same ones, but we actually learn more by delving in deeper and going back over the same subject. You actually learn more. And so therefore, you're gathering a great understanding, a greater understanding of what Jesus is talking about. So the first thing is you come to Jesus daily. You don't just come when you feel like coming. Uh, you come to him Every time you need a, a decision, I, I believe Queen Elizabeth did. I think she she learnt to rely on God's word. I'm sure she would have gone into the scriptures when she had troubles and seen that and built that foundation. On in fact, one of the articles I did actually read actually uh, spoke about this very issue that uh, on a day by day basis uh, she was actually a person of prayer who did actually pray daily uh, for herself, her you know, for her her subjects, for her kingdom, uh, for her you know, for for that. In entire realm uh, was something that was committed to prayer and, and that was one of the most significant articles I did read I did read because to me it says a great deal about a person when you understand that hey they're a person of prayer foundations so she's relying on somebody greater than herself yeah that's right um, yeah, that's true and and the thing with this foolish man if we look at him for a moment he could have very well been a Bible expert you know he he could have been a a, um, a teacher of the New Testament, uh, but he, you know, but what he didn't do was he didn't really listen to what Jesus was saying and delve into his words. Because the third one that comes up in this one, one text, he says, "Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and." does them. That's the third one. As important as the coming and the hearing is, Jesus' emphasis is on the doing. This is the key element here of mm, weathering mm. life storms. You come to Jesus, we hear his words, uh, we hear his instructions, we hear what he says for a better life, he, uh, then you go out and you do it. It is obedience to the word that keeps your life safe. And it will protect you from the storms of life. For instance, where would Noah, if Noah heard God's warning about the flood and received the instructions for the ark, but didn't follow God's instructions, where would we be? Uh, what if he decided to make the ark smaller? What if he decided he didn't need the pitch to seal the wood? Noah would have sunk along with the rest of the world, and you and I would not be here today. We can all thank Noah for following and obeying God's words precisely. Obedience is the key that keeps you strong. Strong in life storms. Mm-hmm. That's that's the real lesson here. That sometimes when I, I know when I was um, cha- becoming a Christian, I did not understand why God wanted me to do this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes it's not till later on you you actually understand why. Yeah. I mean, even in the medical profession, you don't understand why, you know, you eat certain foods and don't. But then it, you know later on that it was the best thing you could have well, done. Well, even as parents, I mean, that's the same way that we bring up our par- our children, isn't it? I mean, there are some things that you simply say to your children, hey, look, you know, uh, this is what I want you to do. Uh, you know, no choice. Just do it, you know. But why, Dad? Well, because and, – and some things are just so complex that in the end you just simply say, because I said so. And, uh, you know, that is something – that uh, I, I know that you know I I appreciate that you know in later years uh, you understand the reason behind doing things but you know there are some things that Christ has said to us 
that we may not fully understand the reason behind it, but sometimes it's only when we start doing that, which we've been instructed to do, that you actually see the life benefit in doing that thing. I mean, I think, for example, you know, I, you know, I mean, of uh, of Queen Elizabeth, this this issue of duty, I think, is really is really challenging to the world in which we live today. You know, duty implies that there are some times that I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, well, you know, I'm going to do the more difficult thing rather than the easier thing because that is the right thing to do. Now, uh, hey, is it harder now? Yes, it is. But in the longer term, uh, what is the net growth at the end of the day? Mm. Uh, and to me, I look at that, and you know, I think we're, I think we're missing something in this entire uh, in our understanding uh, of uh, certainly our contemporary culture. But Eric, I'm I'm preaching, and yeah, I, no, you know, great. please come I back. Co- I totally agree with you. You know, but it's what he does next, which is interesting. Uh, the one who does it, for he says he is like a man building a house who digs deep and land the lays the foundation on the rock so it's telling us here that he is like a man building a house who dug deep and he laid the foundation so before he constructs his house he digs deep then he lays a foundation the progression is to dig deep and you know sometimes you go to a housing site and you might see a lot of equipment there and you see people standing around and think well they're lazy you know Mm. we can't see anything yet what they're doing is actually preparing the soil for the foundation to go into Yeah. yeah and this is what it's telling us here sometimes you have to go down before you can go up some and going down is not flashy it's not exciting sometimes it can be actually boring but digging deep takes a lot of time and you're building with rock underneath. You know, before you can improve your life, you've almost got to destroy the way it was. Mm. You know, the bad habit in your life, you've got to dig it out. The sin with the roots that run deep. Get a bulldozer and tear it out. All those boulders of wasted time, that's getting in the way of spiritual progress. Remove them. This is what it's talking about because yeah. Christ is the rock. Yeah. The rock is already there. Mm. It's there. But the, it's got to sit on a good foundation. We've got to dig into it first, put that rock there, and see the sin in our life. That's what it talks about here about digging deep yeah. so that it sits there. It's on good ground. And, you know, I mean, Christ comes to us as sinners, but what we do is we bore holes in. You know, that's what they do. They bore holes in and test the soil before yeah. they actually put the foundation down. Yeah. So it's saying... You know, get rid of some of these things so you can allow Jesus to fill those holes in that foundation mm. and you're solid on the top. Yeah. That's what it's talking about here when it's saying dig deep. And, you know, so for instance, it says in 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no one can lay a foundation other that than which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So that foundation, the start of it is laid upon the rock, yeah. the framework. This is what it's talking about. Yeah. Um, and we also know that Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. He is the cornerstone on which the church is built. Mm. It talks about mm. that. So it says, uh, you do not lay down the rock. It's already there. It's the pure, untouched virgin rock. And when the foundation is laid, it becomes one with the rock. But the foundation is something that you lay down on top of the rock. So how do you lay down the foundation? which is Jesus Christ onto the rock, the same way you do with a house. You take the concrete and you pour it into the hole that you dug or into the forms that you've laid. 
And in digging that hole, you remove certain things from your life. Now you fill these holes with Jesus Christ. The point is that when you have a bad habit or a sinful tendency in your life and you dig it out, you confess, you repent, you better fill, you fill the hole better with something else that actually brings life to you. Yeah, yeah. And this is the foundation with Christ. Yeah. Eric, thank you for that. Look, let's mm. come to some, uh, some music. But look, when we come back, I just like to, you know, bounce something off you. Yeah. Uh, what if I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, maybe a fair way down my life's journey, and uh, I look back and I say, "Hey, look, I haven't laid a lot of good foundations." You know, I'm struggling. You know, um, uh, you know. I mean, can I redeem that? You know, I mean, uh, when we come back, let's um, uh, let's come to this uh, this song. This is a Cox family. Uh, I, I love. Let's have a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of uh, this uh, this music, uh, bluegrass. And uh, will there be any stars? Please enjoy.
Nothing like a little bit of uh, bluegrass. Uh, love, uh, love that uh, Cox family. Will there be uh, any stars? Now, please don't forget we've got uh, today uh, our, our giveaway book uh, for you. Uh, it's entitled "To Build a Life from Blueprint." To turnkey, uh, for I know the plans, as the key text uh, that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Probably one of the most uh, powerful and oft-repeated texts, often written on uh, on cards at times of uh, graduation, uh, at times of uh, needed encouragement. Uh, that's a favourite text. And uh, that's the theme of this particular book. It's an incredibly positive book. It's entitled To Build a Life by Luke uh, Hyman. Uh, guys, look, if you would like uh, a, your own copy of this book, we're happy to send it to you. All you need to do is to send us uh, uh, a text uh, a text on 04888-80811, 04888-80811, and all you need to do is to quote the code SA73, uh, no gap between the SA and the 73, and uh, we will... Um, uh, we will uh that will trigger our robot and uh his name is actually uh pilgrim it was faithful then they changed it to pilgrim and now i hear they're changing it again <laughs> i don't know why they keep changing their name of my robot <laughs> i wish they'd leave him alone um but uh, the sa73 and our robot will contact you and we'll find the uh the quickest possible way to get this uh, uh get this to you sa73 and 04888 8811 now you're Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And Eric ministers to the Adelaide uh, Indigenous Seventh-day Adventist Church. And if you'd like to comment, uh, please use that same text number. Uh, we'd love to uh, have your, your comment, your feedback. Uh, and this week uh, we're following the theme, Elizabeth, Spiritual Lessons from a Contemporary Queen. And today we're looking at the importance of spiritual foundations. Eric, really appreciate what you've been sharing. But look, I'm really conscious that there may be some people out there who may have, you know, heard what you're saying and they're saying, hey, look, you know, I mean, I'm halfway, two-thirds, three-quarters or more through my life and maybe I haven't laid a lot of really good foundations. Um, you know, how would you respond to that person? Well, Jesus Christ is... Um such a wonderful saviour that um, is searching uh, for all people to come to him. That's why he hasn't come yet. He's, he's waiting for people to turn fully to him. I think of the thief on the cross when you speak that and say here was somebody that uh, recognised Jesus at the last minute when he was hanging on the cross yeah. and gave his life to Christ. There is no time. The time for salvation is now. It's a start now. And I, I look at uh, when you were speaking about that to James one twenty three to 24, where it says, for, any, if, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So what it's saying is, is actually looking, doing something about it. You yeah. know, looking and, and seeing what's, what's your condition you're really in. That's the key, I think, to this. It's a really positive thing, actually, it is. isn't it? When you turn around and you say, hey, look, you know, all right, you know, I recognize that I've made mistakes here and here and here, yeah. Yeah. but I've got a savior that's prepared to say, hey, look, you know, uh, Pastor Gary, I'm happy to forgive you. I'm, th- those stuff ups that you've made, I really, I'm happy to forgive you. You know, I'm, you know, I have, I, I have, um, I have forgiven and I can empower. 
Mm. You know, there is a new way of living. There is, yeah, the turnaround may not be quick, mm. uh, but it is possible. And, and we're all sinners, you know, and, yeah. and the reason that the house stood firm, uh, wasn't because the house was strong. It yeah. was because the foundation was strong. The person who is obedient to Jesus Christ weathers the storm of life because Christ is the foundation. Yeah. He is the rock, not us. We're the he, the rock or the strength. In other yes. words, do you know one of the things I'm really conscious of in my life is that you know I mean I've I'm now in my my sixties and I've sort of weathered enough enough things to say hey look you know I you know I don't have it all together mm. you know I haven't made all the right decisions uh, but do you know as I as I look at uh, look at what Jesus has done I say there is a strength there for my day to day living that makes total sense uh, you know i yep. you know i pray of a morning and i thank our good lord for the for the wonderful things that he has given for and given to us you know these foundations that are so key but eric the thing i'm interested in is that this back in this parable that you're sharing in that parable there is a storm that mm. comes. Now, I'm conscious that our world at the moment is starting to, and you know, the scriptures talk of stormy times just mm. before Jesus comes. Mm. Help us out. You know, does that parable help us? You know, what are the foundations and the storm? How are they linked? Well, once the house is built by obeying Jesus Christ, it's able to weather any storm. That comes our way, not because of the strong house, but rather the strong foundation. And there are many storms that some of the listeners and myself and you, Pastor Gary, will have in our lives. Just because we're a Christian doesn't mean we don't have storms. And uh, some will maybe maybe financial ruin. It may be the death of a spouse or a child. Maybe it's slander or gossip or accusations against you. The storm will come. It'll hit us. Can, you, can, can I just pick you up on yeah. that? Can, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm interested because there are many people who would suggest that when you actually come, to to Jesus that in fact you know somehow there's a miraculous you know I mean life becomes rosy after that but you're saying that's not the case no we will all be hit by these storms because what happens is I think that um, that the the devils had a, a a real go on the earth and and uh, and and a lot of there's a, so much sin here on the earth and uh, I mean I've never lost a child through death and uh, I have met people who have and uh, very very hard to go through through that particular storm I've had I've, I've been through storms in my life which have really battered me around mm. uh, but I know that whatever happens in this life I know that Jesus Christ is the answer to all my troubles that yeah. even though I go through those times I know that he's there with me I know that he understands because you've got to remember if we say that about ourselves what about Jesus Christ did he have mm. storms in his life yeah. he did he yeah, didn't, and he's the same. And this is so important to actually understand. You know, I think of, you know, we've been talking about Queen Elizabeth particularly today. Mm. You know, I mean, that year that she uh, called Annus Horribilis, I think, in her, in her Christmas Day uh, speech. You know, it was, she regarded it as a horrible year. You know, most of us, I think, could look back and say, hey, look, you know, yeah. this hasn't been the very best year uh, mm. in my, in my life. Mm. Uh, and yet, uh, the strength for actually being able to deal with that comes from outside of ourselves, not from uh, any, uh, you know, uh, self, uh, uh, self-development self courses no. we might want to take. No. And, the, and the thing, Pastor Gary, too, is is to stay on that foundation. Yeah. 
you know, no matter what the shaking does, you stay solid. And how do we stay solid? It's through the faith, the faith in him that he is the one that we stand on. We don't stand on any other ground. We don't stand on whatever this world offers as happiness. Yeah. We stand on the rock of Jesus Christ and his love. And that's what holds me together uh, is the fact that whatever happens in my life and a storm and, and whatever, I can't understand it. I can't understand why I'm going through this, but I know that God, Christ loves me. I know that he will see me through by if I stay with him and I, and, I, and question. I, sometimes I question him, yeah. as the people will. You lose a child, you've got to question that. Yeah. But, I, but Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the foundation, and we've got to stay on that foundation. We can't move off into the sinking sand uh, like this other man. He heard it all, but he didn't do anything about it. He heard the instruction. He was there. He followed Christ, but he didn't obey him. And I think that obedience is through love. A connection to the foundation yeah, through love. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a beautiful thought that you're actually expressing there. I know that uh, you know I've got a sermon that I actually preach, and uh, you know you sort of look at uh, Peter on one occasion, a walking on stormy waters. You know, and the question I actually throw out often is, you know, why didn't Jesus just simply calm? the stormy waters but he doesn't do that but what he does do is he stretches out his hand and he allows peter uh to walk on stormy waters with him Mm. and he is there to support him but the waters themselves are still blowing a you know a a big gale you know as i look at that i say hey you know there's a lesson for me there uh you know i mean when i look at hebrews chapter 11 hebrews chapter 11 of course talks about through faith these mighty victories were run were won by christian heroes in past ages but then uh, there's at the end of the chapter you get this turnaround happening and you find uh, this statement you know but Others, you know, and others had horrible years. Others had, you know, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Others were, you know, and and so the list does actually go on uh, that, you know, yes, uh, faith does result in mighty victories, but there are others who have been allowed to rest uh, until Christ comes again. Yes, and that the thing that I found through the study this week is that by believing in Christ and staying close to him and trusting him, that no matter what happens in this life, we... You know, we can't understand it, but I know that Christ is always there. Yeah. And when we, when we know that, when we know what Christ went through and the love that he has for us, that overcomes many things in our lives to know how Christ was treated. But I think at the end of the day, no matter what a person has done in their life, Christ will accept them. And that to me is the most specialist thing of yeah. all. No matter yeah. what you've done, even if you've, you've done so many bad things, but you want to stand on that foundation, Christ will lift you up and put you on his foundation. In other words, it's not too late to start laying some foundations and to, you know, that to, to accept Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the number one. He's the chief cornerstone. Lay that cornerstone today. Yes. Uh, and then the other foundation stones, uh, they will run off that, uh, that cornerstone. Come to the Word of God. Look at what the Word of God is actually saying. And what you actually find in the Word of God is strength for today. And that is the thing as I look at the the life of, you know, Queen Elizabeth. I turn around and I say, hey, you know, um, she had a strength there. Where'd she get it from? Was it from the superficiality of the world in which we're living today? No, it wasn't actually. It was from somebody greater than herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that is a powerful, powerful lesson. Yep.
let's let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. I want to say thank you for being the almighty God. Lord, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that you might be with anybody right now who might be struggling. Lord, if there's somebody touching, if there's somebody saying, hey, look, I didn't, I didn't lay, I haven't laid this good enough foundation. I'm struggling with issues now as a result. Lord, I just pray that, uh, uh, that you might come into their life, that you might help them to relay that great cornerstone. Uh, Lord, that uh, uh, they might build from this time on a brand new building because you are the specialist builder. Lord, thank you for all that you have promised to do for us. And we pray that you will come in and empower our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on uh, Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be chatting with Pastor David Butcher on the subject of leadership with respect. Is it possible? Really look forward uh, to being with you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is not like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.